Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Hey Bridgewater Church, my name is Liz and I'm the online pastor here. We are so excited that you've joined us for this morning's service, but before we begin, would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this special way of coming together, of learning more about who you are and what you've called us to in the world around us. God, this morning we ask that you would speak to us and that you would encourage us and show us how to look more like you. We love you and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Bridgewater Church. It is great to see our family and friends come together online, and we're going to dive in to a new series. But before we actually get started, I have a question. Did you know that there's a World Thumb Wrestling Championship? The 13th anniversary of the World Thumb Wrestling Championship will be held this year, on Saturday, August the 5th, in Norwich, Norfolk, in the United Kingdom. The rules are simple. First, the chant. Perhaps you've done this. I declare a thumb war. As soon as the declaration is made, the contest begins and lasts for a total of 60 seconds as each player attempts to pin their opponent's thumb and... be declared the winner. Now, I think that's a fun memory for me. I played Thumb War. Are you watching my skills here? I, I declared Thumb War on many of friends when I was in school and especially in high school. And I was a winner often, not always. But what really sticks out in my mind about that is this phrase, I declare war. Well, that's our new series. Our new series is for the next four weeks, with the help of James and the letter that he wrote in the New Testament, we are going to declare war on Satan and the power of sin that can destroy our lives. And together we're going to learn to boldly say, I declare war. In fact, I want you to do this. No one's watching you. I just want us to do it together. Are you ready? On the count of three, I declare war. Here we go. One, two, three. I declare war. Now I want you to think about it. We are all tempted to sin. Whether it's with words or actions, every one of us are tempted to sin against God against others, even against ourselves. And the word most often used in the New Testament for sin is hamartia. It means to miss the mark. It's the picture of the bowman pulling back the arrow and letting it go at the target with a miss. That's what sin is. It's when we miss the mark of God's righteousness in our lives. In fact, old and young, we're all at war. I recently read about a boy named Johnny. 
His mom told him he was not to eat any of the freshly baked cookies that she had placed in the cookie jar. She told him, Johnny, it's going to ruin your appetite. But a few minutes later, she could hear her son out in the kitchen, and his mother called out, Johnny, what are you doing in the cookie jar? Here's his response. Johnny shouted, I'm fighting temptation, Mom. Wow. Well, that's all of us. We're all like Johnny. We've all struggled with the lure of temptation and the power of sin. But today it's time to say, I declare war. In fact, our victory begins when we fight the fight within. That's what I want to talk about today. We're going to go over to James chapter 1, verses 13 through 18. And I want to talk about what it means to fight the war within and win. James is going to give us three essential insights. Here's the first. It's found in verse 13. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Now, James strategically deals with sin and temptation. He shares two truths that I think are important. The first is found in two words, when tempted. No one's left out. Temptation is not a respecter of persons, and neither is sin when we fall victim to its trap. Everyone is tempted to sin. We all miss that mark that God has waiting for us. But James goes on and he's, he's adamant. He explains, he says, second truth no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Everyone is tempted. But James sets the record straight. God is not against us. Now, here's the very first insight we need to declare war and fight the war within ourselves. Here it is, ready? Don't blame God. Now, I got to thinking about this. Have you noticed that there are many people who have no problem using God's name in vain? Now, I'm not going to say it, but I'm going to indicate it. You know what I'm talking about. People start with God and then add that D word. Are you aware that anytime anybody says that, they're really blaming God for their circumstances? That word, phrase, is used to express anger or annoyance. We have an entire world that disrespects God, and they do it with a simple turn of a phrase that has become rote in the mouth and minds of so many people. But do you see, the first insight is this. We're not here to blame God it's not God's fault when we sin. God doesn't tempt us because God cannot be tempted by sin or evil. He is holy. God isn't tempted by moral depravity in any way. It's totally unreasonable to think that God would be the originator of our temptation. Simply put, God isn't tempted by sin. 
He wants us to resist sin, and God is on our side. I go to Hebrews chapter 4, 14 through 16 on so many occasions in my life because of the promise we're given through Jesus Christ. We just celebrated Easter. Isn't that exciting? I'm still living off the high of that Easter celebration and the joy, joyful news that Jesus is alive. Well, listen to the promise in Hebrews 4, 4 14 through 16. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to, emphasize, who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Oh, come on. God is for us. If we're going to fight the war within, in our struggle with sin, don't blame God. It's not God's fault when we sin, but are you ready to ask this question? If it's not his fault, whose fault is it? Let's go to James chapter 1, verses 14 through 15. We're going to pick up this sentence from James. But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. Then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Here is our second insight. Sin is our choice, not God's. I don't know who asked the question, but I can relate to it. Someone once said, why is it that opportunity knocks only once, but temptation bangs on the door constantly? Now, James writes that it's by our own nature that we're dragged away and enticed. That's his phrasing. Now, if you're reading in the Greek, you're going to see a word picture of a fisherman or a hunter using bait to lure or entice the game to come out of its area of protection. Now, I hunted and fished for years. And I, I realized how often lures were created in order to help the sportsman, the outdoorsman. I relate to what James is saying because I understand lures. I've got a couple of boxes of fishing lures. I have, uh, I've got a deer call. I have a duck call. Uh, I've rattled with antlers to ask deer, invite them in. I have all kind of lures. I even at one time tried like this urine spray to help attract uh, the, the deer to come into my stand. And here's what I can tell you. Some of the lures 
and gimmicks I used work. But the best success from these gimmicks was to lure my money out of my pocket. I was hooked, snagged, snared, trapped, netted, and harpooned by all that was said on the box, the label, or friends would tell me, oh, you've got to try this. Isn't that what James is talking about? He's talking about the lure that brings us in. Oh, how tempting temptation really is. It looks good. And once we're lured in and entangled, temptation is more powerful than we ever imagined once we're hooked. This is why James tells us that in our own evil desire, it begins in our mind. We begin to think about what's enticing us. Man, it can be anything. It could be in sports. It could be in shopping. It could be an enticement with money. It can be power, influence. It could be sexual lust. It can be food. It can be so many things that we are enticed with. Once we're attracted and persuaded, then we begin to approach the forbidden thing We're lured in, and we yield. It's only in this moment that temptation becomes sin. Now, let me stop and explain this. Temptation itself is not sin. Temptation itself is not sin. And to make the point, James goes to another illustration. He equates the lure of temptation to sin as actually, are you ready for this? Here's the phrasing, giving birth to sin. As temptation knocks on the door of our hearts, right on its heels is the intense desire. Finally, desire results in a decision to actually follow through and we sin. Temptation then turns into a missing of the mark in our walk with God. Our second insight is essential. Sin is our choice, not God's. Now, Pastor Francis Chan shares, I have one good reason why you should walk away from temptation right now. God is better. Wow. God is so much better than the sin. In fact, oftentimes when we're tempted... It looks so good. Our desire increases. And then when we do it, it's that momentary pleasure that fades rapidly. Satan was all for us when we were preparing to sin. That moment of temptation. But the minute we do, he's laughing in our face. That's why we have to declare war. We have to fight the fight within. Go back to this idea of giving birth to sin. Some desires, in fact many things we turn into sin, are actually blessings from God if approached, looked at, used the right way. But let's not gloss over this birthing process. 
When we're tempted, we wrestle with the temptation first. We debate in our minds. We even entertain the consequences. But finally, the choice is made, and conception gives birth. Rebellious action results in sin. James wants his readers to connect to the pain of childbirth because he doesn't want us to think that when we sin, it's all about pleasure. It's all about fulfillment. I literally can remember when we were getting ready to have our youngest child, Mary, and we went to a one-night refresher Lamaze class with other couples who had had children previously. And I can remember going in and listening to all the war stories from these women and their painful childbirth. It wasn't a refresher of joy. It was, a, it was, a, it was actually a nightmare. Kay and I sat there just quiet on our After having had two children, we're just quiet. I'll never forget, we walked out, we're walking to the car, and Kate goes, I don't know what I was thinking, I don't really want to have this baby now. (laughs) We're we're ecstatic that we had Mary, and we love her so much, but do you understand? And maybe maybe James' phrasing next will help us. He goes, uh, when sin is full grown, think about it. When a child is full term, there's no more room in the womb. The child is ready to be launched out into the world. And as beautiful as the birth of a child is, let's face it, there's a lot of pain. James is saying, don't overlook that when it's about sin. That pleasure is, that momentary desire ends up in painful destruction if we let it go on. Sin is our choice, not God's. We have to declare war on the power of sin in our lives. But you know what? We don't have to do it alone. Let's look at James chapter 1, 16 through 18 and Really let your mind settle in on this beautiful promise. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows, he chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Here's our third incredible insight. If we're going to declare war and fight the fight within and win, he, we, we need to understand this. God is ready to give good gifts. God is ready to give good gifts. James James is writing to people he loved. He said, don't be deceived. In fact, we we just can imagine there must have been people in the congregation who were struggling with sin. 
just like we all do. Everybody sins and falls short of God's glory, the Bible teaches. But he says, stop being deceived. Disobedience leads to devastating effects. When temptation gives way to sin, we have to be careful. And, and what, we, what we read is so important in this passage. God is the giver of good gifts. In fact, that's our third insight. God is ready to give good gifts to all of us when we are struggling. When we sin and fall short of God's glory, it breaks his heart. But he's not going to give up on you. He's not going to walk away from you. So don't walk away from God. Instead, there are two beautiful life-changing decisions we can make. Here's the first. Recognize that God is light. James tells us, God is the giver of every good and perfect gift. Nothing but good comes from God. In fact, James literally says that God is the Father of the heavenly lights. It's such an interesting phrase. James is trying to paint a portrait that we can all relate to. Shifting shadows. Think about it. I was out mowing the grass for the first time this week, and I was doing it late in the afternoon, and as I was on the lawnmower, I saw the light begin to shift. It began to fade. It began to move as, as evening was coming on. But James says, God, God is light. His presence never changes. He does not shift like the shadows. God is already giving us good gifts. He's always ready to give us good gifts. He would never entice us to destroy ourselves with temptation leading us to sin. God is for us. Now here's the next decision. Now the first, God is light, but here's the second. We not only need to recognize that God is light, we need to declare that God is our life. Declare God is your life. Not only do we rejoice that God is light, but only through Christ can we have life. James specifically goes back to this birthing illustration, and he goes, did you know that when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, he wants to birth us by the word of truth. Jesus Christ is the word of truth. I know there's a lot of debate today. People debate about truth. Do you know why? People don't want a, a solid unshifting truth because if truth shifts based on our feelings or what we like or what we don't like as a world and we're watching that so much every day in politics and in our nation everybody is shifting everything away from that accountability of truth and when that happens there's no consistency but that's not our God he is the father of the heavenly lights he gives life. He births life through the truth that is in Jesus Christ. We don't have to give into the power of temptation. It doesn't mean we won't. But we don't have to. 
I always celebrate in my own life when I know that I'm being tempted to do something and I walk away from it. I, I don't say the words. I don't give in. I, I don't act in a way that I know is unhealthy for my walk with God. I always celebrate those moments, but there are moments when I fail, and in 1 John 1, 9, we're told this beautiful truth. John writes, this is the message. We have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Now, now this is my favorite. I need this. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We do not have to sin. We can declare war. Let's fight the fight within. Let's not give in. Let's trust God with all of our hearts and lean not on our own understanding. In all our ways, let's acknowledge him. Let's win these battles because God is for us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? But I want to say this, church. When you and I struggle, when you and I are, are, are just in the throes of the battle, and we end up missing the mark, and we sin against God, go right to Him. Go right to Him. Don't wallow in shame. Don't let pride overtake you. Put your trust and your faith in God. And realize that when we confess our sins, that's an agreement with God. When we agree with God that we have sinned, missed the mark, and fallen short of God's glory, He is faithful and just. God will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. We can fight this fight within and win. In fact, James says by Giving our whole lives to God, we're a first fruit. The idea is that in that day and looking beyond into the future, those that give their hearts and lives to Jesus are a first fruit, an offering to Him. God had us on His mind long ago. He knew you and He knows me and He loves us. He's ready to give good gifts. In fact, I love 1 Corinthians 10, 13. I want to close with this this morning because the verse is so powerful. Paul wrote, No temptation has overtaken us except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let us be tempted beyond what we can bear. But when we are tempted, He will provide a way out so that you and I can stand up under it. Let me just say it again, just as it is written. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. 
But God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. I like how one version says, so that you can escape it. Now you may look at me and say, Pastor, why do I struggle escaping it? It's because we're choosing the sin over the salvation of God. We're choosing the, the desire and the momentary what we think is pleasure instead of choosing the pleasure that is pure and holy and right that is in God alone. God is faithful. He will provide a way of escape. Now, I want us to declare war. We're fighting this fight within. It's time to declare war. And if you're ready, right there at home, I want you to stand to your feet. Right now, if you're ready to say, I declare war on Satan and on sin, I want you to stand to your feet. It's a beginning. If you're listening in the podcast in the car, you might even want to pull over or just raise your hand in the car. I declare war. And right now, let's pray. Father God, we love you. We give you all the praise, glory, and honor. You're an amazing God. We know that you're for us. And if you're for us, who could be against us? The world struggles with what truth is, but we do not. We know the truth in Jesus that sets us free. God, I pray right now that you would empower us and help us to declare war. We want to celebrate every victory, no matter how small or how big. And no matter if it's in our thoughts, our minds, negativity, maybe it's a struggle with lust or a problem with a neighbor, something we, 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 we say with our words. Whatever it is, we give it all to you right now, oh God. And we ask for your help. We ask that you be with us, that you strengthen us, that you help us. And God, I pray that you would be glorified. We declare war today and in the weeks ahead. Help us to break chains that bind us and find freedom that can only come from Jesus. Be with us, we pray in your name. Amen. I love you so much. Okay, here we go. Week one, we're declaring war, and with the help of Jesus Christ, we will win. I love you, and until I see you again, take heart and be transformed. Hey friends, thanks for listening. And if you want to be a part of our e-family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below and you can check us out on our YouTube page. You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners and together we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast and also thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ.